Evan has come and gone, and we are here to discuss it since what was a wild weekend in college football. Welcome to another episode of Fourth and Wrong. I'm Coach Alongside me tonight, we have, as always, the Dean Machine, Nathan Dean, hey, hey. Mitchell Graham, sir, and Mr. Sweet Cheeks himself, Jamie Cheeks. Week seven was a wild one, and we are here to talk about it. And I am gracefully here to give my thoughts as well. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, we will start with our headlines for week seven, and I am going to start with me. Okay, uh, so my headline really is kind of, it's, it's not 100% about college football, but it kind of is, okay? So my headline is a kind of a, a statement to Nebraska, Wisconsin, Auburn. Okay? Nebraska, Wisconsin, Auburn. Your potential top next coach just had his schedule cleared, but I hate to tell you, he is not coming to you. Yeah. And that reference is to Matt Rule, who was just fired by the Carolina Panthers. Now, there is a lot of things going around. First of all, Auburn has not gotten rid of Harson yet. He's still <laughs> the coach. So, again, this kind of goes back to something that, you know, I had talked about at the end of last year with everything going on with uh, Cristobal going to Miami uh, leaving Oregon and how, uh, you know, everything with, with Diaz. They hadn't fired him yet, but they were kind of, uh, I, I feel like there's the same situation. And, you know, give the man his his due. He's still employed by the school, but I think we all kind of see the writing on the wall. You Google Auburn coach, everything's about Harson being on the hot seat. Everything is about who's going to be the next guy at Auburn. So it, I think it's safe to say that they're not going to give him an extension of any kind. And he's probably going to be packing up his things uh, at the end of the season. Okay, so Matt Rule, we know he has experience in the college, okay? He was at Temple. He was at Baylor. He was Big 12 Coach of the Year, I think, in 2019. Uh, A lot of Vegas odds actually have him being one of the top two places, uh, um, one of the top two coaches to go to Auburn. Uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin are already eyeing him, saying that he is a candidate for the job. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. That man is not going to be coaching in college football next year. He's owed $40 million, and if he signs early, then he's not going to get that money from Carolina. This dude can sit on the couch, spend time with his family. He can go explore the United States. He can live stress-free for a couple years and get paid. And then in two or three years, whenever all that money's paid to him by the Panthers, if he wants to coach again, I think he'll have a plethora of opportunity to jump back in the game. Maybe maybe so Auburn, Giselle should marry Matt Rule. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so Auburn, Nebraska, Wisconsin, you're barking up the wrong tree. Go ahead and swipe left. He's not he's not coming. Okay, you heard it here. Breaking that to you, Matt Rule is not going to be coaching college football next year. If he is, then he must really love it. But I'm going to tell you this. If I'm getting paid $40 million to sit at home, I ain't leaving the house. Right, right. I mean, so. shoot, I, I think he has a house or has connections in Asheville. He can probably buy a few cabins up there and just, you know, live fancy for a few years. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, and we talked about this with some of the other coaching buyouts, and Jamie's hit, hit the nail on um, they're paying these guys ridiculous amounts of money. 
And and here we are. We're sitting here talking about a guy who's going to get paid forty million to do nothing. Right. Like they're they're paying him to go away. Like my middle school will not pay me to go away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like I don't I don't have a job where they pay me to go away. Okay. Um. That that's not how the real world works. But you know we're in this fantasy thing. Uh. So, uh. Auburn, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Your next head coach. His schedule's clear, but. You're going to be looking somewhere else. Yep. And that's my headline for the week. If he's got kids in sports, he's probably going to be coaching Wee football for the next uh, two or three years, which, I mean, probably a lot less stressful than coaching He's college. got time to do it. Yeah, he's got time to do it. Why not? It's, I mean, you're getting paid $40 million to coach Wee football. Can't get fired doing that either. It's volunteer. So, there you go. Right no, there. no, you can't. <laughs> Anyways, before we go off on that topic, thank you, Nate, for your headline. Let's go to Mitchell. Oh, uh, my headline's more of a question because of observations that I saw. Um, is Billy Napier already on the hot seat? We're seeing, and I know, like hot seat's a, a big word, but look, Florida doesn't look doesn't look good. Players are already disgruntled. Uh, there's someone posted on their Instagram one of the players f this team or something like that. Um, and, I mean, they just – they got – they made LSU look like 2019 LSU um, yesterday with the way that they were passing. No no discipline tackling-wise. Jamie brought it up in our group chat about just some of the decisions that Napier's making um, game management-wise. And these are things he didn't do at uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Um, and, look, there was a, it was a great start for him. He starts off with the win over Utah, which we – which looks like a really good win after what Utah just did to USC, but he's losing the locker room already. And that's very, very dis like that's, that's concerning. If you're a Florida fan, it, it makes me happy as a Georgia fan, but I, I just didn't, if, if they continue this little, this, this little run of disappointments, they're going to lose to Georgia. So that's going to put them at four and four. And then I, I'll go through their schedule after that. So they're playing Georgia. They'll be four and four. They play at A&M, home against South Carolina, at Vandy, at Florida State. They might not be bowl eligible. But they they could lose. They they're going to beat Vandy, and they might beat South Carolina. That would put them at six and six. But if they lose one of those, they're not going bowling. In Billy Napier's first year, not much of an improvement from Dan Mullen. That's all I really have to say about that. But. That, that was my that's my headline. Is Billy Napier already on the hot seat? Can, can I po- can I pose a question? I'm not trying yeah. to extend the segment. Yeah, uh, do you think that the the whole and this kind of goes along with the coaching carousel that we're seeing with these early buyouts? How big of an impact is the transfer portal on these decisions? The fact that these kids can come in and then all of a sudden say, "Well, you know what? I'm not happy. I don't like the direction. We're going to bolt out." And then, before you know it, you've got people scrambling to look for, for new coaches because you want to have the guy, you want to be the premier, okay? Um, you think the transfer portal is having any effect on those decisions? I, I think it actually probably works the other way, personally. I think it probably lends to firing coaches quicker because it doesn't take four recruiting cycles to build something because you can go into the portal as the – you know, you're gonna lose. You might lose some guys to fit. I mean, you think about 18 months ago, how many people Tennessee lost, but Heupel was able to come in. They brought in 
a good many transfers and they've been able to kind of rebuild things quickly. I mean, as far as Napier goes, I, I don't think hot seat yet, but I mean, what Dan Mullen found out, what Jim McElwain found out, what everybody since Urban Meyer has found out is Florida thinks that Spurrier and Urban Meyer set the bar. Not that that was the aberration. If you look at the history of that program, that's not what they are. But they had 20 years of being really, really good, and they have really uh, determined that that is who they should be. So not this year because he's got a pretty good recruiting class. It's it's number eight right now. I mean, obviously those are commits and not like signatures. But um, he's got a good class coming in, and that was something that Mullen wasn't doing. But I do think that next year – I mean, I don't know what their their schedule looks like next year. I don't know who their crossover games are, but LSU just stomped them at home. You know, Georgia's not going to be any worse. Tennessee looking pretty good. You you start losing three and four games a year, they're going to get pretty tired pretty fast. They have to travel to Utah next year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That'll be the first time they've left the state of Florida for a non-conference game uh, it, since like 1918 or something insane like that. That that's wait, is that, is that a up. real fact? I, I can't. I did not 1918, but like yes, in that some some sometime before World War II. Let's put it that way. Wow. I, I looked it up earlier this season. I can't remember off the top of my head. Is that for real? Yes. Wow, I never. That is a great fact right there. I mean, so even the Michigan game that they played in Dallas a few years ago. Oh, and their crossover game, by the way, is against Arkansas. I just pulled it up. Um, it's at home against Arkansas so, for next year. So, I mean, it, it, the schedule does not get easier. But um, And then you've got Oklahoma and Texas coming in soon. So, Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of looking, kind of grazing, looking at the schedule schedules now. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not going to get any easier, especially in the SEC. And, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's – yeah, it's tough. They've, they've got to do something. Napier's got to help this recruiting class kind of steps in and does their does lives up to their potential because, I mean, he hasn't – he's not off to a great start at Florida by any means. But uh, anyway, thank you, Mitchell. And now I'll go 1991, to – 1991, sorry. 1991. Well, so I was just looking at that. It, I think the stat I looked up was Power 5, and it was uh, against North Carolina State in 1947. Wow. But the last time they went outside of the southeast, that's what I was thinking was like back around World War One. So okay. they don't do it often. Yeah. Anyway, Jamie, what's your headline for week seven of the college football season? Uh, my headline this week is clarity through chaos. Um, you know, yesterday we had hyped yesterday up on the show last week so much that it, it almost made it seem like this past Saturday couldn't live up to the hype. But not only did it live up to the hype, it, it probably exceeded it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Alabama, Tennessee, but Utah, USC was a great game. TCU, Oklahoma State was a great game. Like, there was just a lot of very good games, uh, even the ones that really weren't, like, consequential. I mean, I enjoyed watching, enjoyed watching Florida. Florida, and Florida. So, through, uh, through everything, I, I, I think we actually started figuring some things out. You know, we've had Alabama, USC, Oklahoma State, Penn State, all of them undefeated going into yesterday. All of them now have their first loss. I don't necessarily think that Alabama's loss eliminates them because it wasn't a Western Division game that they lost. But Oklahoma State probably out, Penn State definitely out. Clemson now looks like they are 
on a collision course with the playoff. Um, and then the Big Ten, as it usually does, is going to come down to Michigan and Ohio State. But um, what it does do for the rest of the season is exactly what happened last year to Alabama. They've lost their gimme. So yep. now Alabama has no room for failure. And I mean, they, they, right. and honestly, I don't even know at this point if they have room to win ugly again because they've already done that a couple of times against Texas A&M and Texas. So it'll just be interesting to see how the, the, the rest of the season plays out. I don't think we got any answers yesterday, but I think it really started to narrow the focus on where we're going to go. And I know uh, in part two of our show this week, we're going to do a top eight because it's, it feels like now you can actually do that a little bit um, yeah. and, 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 and have an idea of where we're heading. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, here's the thing. If, for some crazy reason, Alabama runs the table that, and then wins the SEC. I don't think there's any question. You can't leave them out. No, um, no, 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 no. A one-loss SEC, SEC champion. champion. Yeah, yeah you're one, in. one loss SEC champion is in. But And, I, I mean, I was thinking because I was going back to last year. Last year, Alabama had several close – I mean, several ugly wins. Still won the SEC championship and still got into the playoffs. So, I'm just saying, like, I don't know if necessarily the room for winning ugly – but um, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Well, because- I, I I think this year may be a little bit different. Yes, I mean if they if they win the conference, they're they're going to be in. But right. the the there's been a lot of talk about two SEC teams. I don't think that happens this year. No matter what happens, I, I don't there think could this be is- three. There's a certain scenario where there's three. No, there's not. <laughs> I I don't I I don't believe that because I mean that scenario is. Georgia beats Tennessee. Tennessee's eleven and one. Alabama beats Georgia, beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. They all have one loss. I don't think Georgia or Tennessee get in. I think there's too many other good teams. You got Clemson. You got Ohio State or Michigan. I, the winner I, of the Pac-12 is in at that point. Maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe the one, undefeated or, Big Twelve. Undefeated or, Big Twelve, or even one loss Big Twelve, depending on how that works out. Last year, a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had two loss champions in the Big Twelve, the Pac-12. Um, I, the, I think the Pac-12 is out. I, I, well, I mean, I, I think, UCLA, I think, UCLA, I mean, UCLA, UCLA is going to lose. Oh, I mean, I, foreshadow. I agree, but also, uh, <laughs> I agree, but until they do, it's still open. I, I, Nick, Clemson's sorry, sorry. difference yeah. this year. I mean, Oregon wins out at eleven and one. They're only lost to Georgia. They're in. Yeah, but that's an ugly loss. That's a that's no a foreign loss. Eleven and one pack zero game. chance. They're not going to put a team. Loss. This so is not bad. me crapping on Oregon. I, I love Nate, but like you don't lose by forty six. Yeah, it's a horrid loss. Off. There's 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 no way. So even if they run the table, beat USC, UCLA, and win the Pac twelve, you don't think they're the four? The, what, they, what, what do they do? They put them in as a four, and they play Georgia again. <laughs> Assuming Georgia <laughs> wins the. That's I mean that's I, the scenario me, that, just, that can't happen. Like that's like exactly the only the only the only chance you have at that is if you have a. Um, if you have one of these scenarios where you have a Clemson loss, a TCU loss, and then, of course, the Michigan-Ohio State loser, then you could possibly look at it and say, well, was Oregon's one loss? I don't know. It'd have to be a pretty big win for either Michigan or Ohio State against the other to them where you might be able to justify saying, yeah. It's just, I don't it's, know. it's just such a bad loss. It's, it's not that they lost to yeah. Georgia, but if, you know, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, or Tennessee, presuming one of those teams are one, it'd be in that same building. 
Like right. the only, it's, the, it's the only Georgia, sa- it's the same matchup in the same. The game. only the only saving grace is that if if they truly look at it from the perspective of the committee that they say they do, where they look at things of what was going on at the time of the loss and all those other factors, and then say, well, we know Oregon is a better team than what they put on the field, and. Maybe then they might sneak them in because uh, they would have some quality wins if they did win out. And That's win what the I was conference. saying. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm not but, saying they wouldn't be deserving. I just don't think they'll do it. I, I it would have to be a situation. They would probably, you know, I think Oregon could get in with help, but they're hmm. going to. They they do not control their destiny. They just have to keep winning. What it? What you need? Both. You you need two loss because think about it, like SEC's got one in. You need a two-loss Big Twelve champion, yeah, which is possible. That sure, sure, sure. But then you'd still need—I don't know—because even if it's just that, that still leaves a, probably a one-loss SEC team that could be four, or a one-loss Big Ten team. Yeah, and if it's a one-loss Ohio State or Michigan, that's probably they're, good they're, enough. Yeah, and then Clemson's so it was, it was good enough last year. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you'd have to say hypothetically that Clemson team, how kind of in they were for a while, you know, they've gotten hot. But what if what if they lose to Syracuse? Oh, no, no, They no. still got one. Syracuse. Come on, a a, a one-loss ACC, I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that an Oregon would need. And at this point yeah. that a USC would need is they need they yeah. need other losses. They, they need other teams to lose. Because, I mean, losing on the road at Utah is not a bad loss for USC. But they're, they're now they have a loss and they still have a – couple of things on their schedule that could be problematic. So, yeah. anyway, uh, obviously there's still some chaos going on, but uh, got a little bit of clarity on Saturday. For sure, for sure. Um, anyways, thank you, Jamie, for uh, for your headline for week seven. And now I'm going to jump into mine. And I have to say this was very bitterly. Aren't you glad for change at the top? We saw Tennessee beat Alabama yesterday. That's the obvious. I'm going to get that one out of the way. Tennessee – Came out and took out Alabama. You have Syracuse now contending in the ACC. I mean, how long that lasts, I don't know. But I said that a few weeks ago, and they're still undefeated at this point. And they beat a really good NC State team yesterday at home. So now, I mean, you've got to throw them in the mix of the ACC. And I mean, they've, they've got Clemson this week. And when we do our second show later on, that's going to be our game of the week. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then you've got, um, I mean, You've got Clemson, who's still Clemson. Clemson is back, I believe, back to what they once were. Um, they're a playoff contender. Last year at this point, they were not. Um, but uh, but you've got Clemson can quietly just sitting there in the top four, possibly uh, contending for another playoff spot if they, if they run the table, which is easier said than done. So, I mean, it's, it's looking good for a lot of teams. In the Do what? It's not really in the ACC. It's kind of easy. Right. I mean, but I mean, anything can happen on any given Saturday. Right, 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 right. But, um, but in other orange schools that happen to win, I know Nate told me in the group chat to shout some of these teams out. Um, Miami over Virginia Tech, which I mean, was a huge win at this point. But Illinois, Illinois is another team at the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're 6-1 and one right now. And uh, in my opinion, probably the front runner in the West. Um. So Illinois is looking really good, and I mean that was a pretty dominant win over Minnesota yesterday. So uh, I mean a lot of it's a good. Texas team. had a big win. Texas, yeah, Texas. Um, Oregon I mean, State it was, winning over Washington State. 
yeah, I mean, so several several big wins yesterday, and uh, for teams in orange that could shake out conference pictures a little bit. I know I've been saying Texas is still probably my top team in the Big Twelve, and even even though they played a close game yesterday, I, I still think they're probably at the top as, as long as Quinn Ewers stays healthy. Uh, but anyway, it's a good time to be wearing orange, unfortunately. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was a very good day for those teams in orange. Anyway, now I will pass it on to Nate for the Dean's List and Academic Probation segment. All right, week seven, Dean's List. Um, let's go back to you, Hayden. I'll let you start us out. I don't think – have, have you started out at all? I started out this year. Oh, well, we're going to start you out then. Let's let you go first. All right. So, my Dean's List. I put them on the Dean's List earlier this year, and I'm doubling down, and I'm going to put them on there again. Syracuse. The first time it was kind of a – kind of one of those. I was hesitant to put them on there, but I put them on there anyway because everybody else stole my Dean's List that week. Um, I'm going to put Syracuse on there. And, of course, I've got to put – I'm going to put two on there. I'm going to put Josh Heifel on there. A few years ago when Tennessee hired you, Jamie and I did a show, and we were like, who is this guy, and why did Tennessee hire this guy? And doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Well, you knew what you got yourself into, and you managed to fix it in about two years. So, I mean, and he beat my team yesterday. And, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. The guy is doing doing the right thing in Tennessee, and he's got them <laughs> in the right direction. So, uh, Josh Heifel, welcome to the Dean's List. And Syracuse, welcome back to the Dean's List for the second time this year. And on academic probation, we have seen a trend of this this year. And we've seen Nate do it, put himself on probation. We've seen Jamie put himself on the Dean's List. I'm going to put myself on academic probation this week because I picked Pete Golding to go on the Dean's List last week, a week too early. Because this week, he, I was about ready to freaking – I don't know. I was, I was ready to go over to Knoxville and, you know, take over the defense myself. Even though I probably wouldn't have done much better. I probably have given up 60 points instead of 52. But I probably couldn't have done much worse than he did to, uh, this week. So uh, I need to be careful on who I put on the Dean's list too early, especially going into a big game. So I'm going to put myself on probation because I definitely jumped the gun. Because last week, somebody, the defense stepped up when the offense was struggling. So I put Pete Golding on the Dean's list. And then this week, he turns around and reports me by absolutely crashing the bench. So Pete, uh, I got to put myself on academic probation this week. Yeah, welcome to probation, Hayden. Did he just curse Syracuse? <laughs> they we'll we'll, they're, we'll, they're we'll find out. I put him on there once this year. We'll find out. Their schedule hurts them, not him. Yeah, yeah, it did. All right, uh, Mitchell. Yes, sir. Dean's list and academic probation. My Dean's list is Illinois running back Chase Brown, 41 carries, 180 yards. Um, he's on the Dean's list, but also can we get him an ice bath, please? Sure. 41 <laughs> freaking carries. He leads the FBS in rushing now. Um so, I mean, good on good on Brett Bielema. Good win for the Illinois Fighting Illini. That's all I really say about that. Probation this week. I've, I'm calling out a group of people. On probation this week, I'm calling out the people who say NFL is better than college football. You're, huh. on, you're on probation this week because you cannot sit down and tell me that yesterday was – that you're going to watch anything on a Sunday that's going to match what you watched yesterday. Right. College football is leaps and bounds above the NFL, 
And I've had these debates constantly. Yeah, there's a couple good games here and there. But what I'm watching on freaking Thursday nights would never happen in a college football game. Right. right. Is, is there – I don't disagree with you at all. But is there a question? Is part of that argument the quality of play and not just the competitive nature of the games? And that's his argument. He said, he said there's, no, there's no 49 to nothing games in the NFL. And I said, well, there's 12 to 7 games and there's 12 to 9 overtime games. Like, I don't. I, and it's not no, no energy. It's crappy offense, too. Right, right. So, yeah. Who, who, who said that, by the way? I remember I heard about that, but who said that? I mean, it's some a friend that you wouldn't know, but he's. Constantly... Oh, I thought I read somebody. Oh, I, I've, 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 heard, I've had people with the same argument. And I feel like so. So you know, we're obviously recording this on a on a Sunday night. Um, so just you know, peek behind the curtain. Oh, I. To me, I, I'm with you, Mitchell. I, I college football is so much more entertaining. Like I, I would rather like I could watch it. You know, 9 a.m. game day till 3 a.m. Well, not anymore. I'm too old. But used to be the 3 a.m. West Coast games. But I will say that the uh, Buffalo-Kansas City game was Excellent really game. fun to watch. Today. Those are good. That's, yeah. Really fun to watch. But what's the exception? Tennessee, but, but that's that's the exception. Yeah, it was it was no – I had way more fun watching Tennessee-Alabama. Like, I felt more invested. The Falcons had a big game they won today against the yeah. 49ers. I was working on the car. I, I didn't have anything, like – I was not upset that I missed it. So I I, I agree there with you. Um, all right, Senor Jamie, who you got? Dean's all list right. and probation this week. So for uh, for Dean's list, I'm going to go with LSU quarterback Jaden <laughs> Daniels, 23 of 32, 349 yards, three touchdowns, uh, passing, 14, another three rushing touchdowns, six touchdowns total. Uh, LSU goes into the swamp and beats Florida 45-35. So, uh, Jaden Daniels, I mean, LSU has been kind of a weird team this year. They've, oh, yeah. They've been both dog crap at times, so it'll be kind of interesting to see. They've they're got – five and two. Yeah. They're, well, they're five and two, and, and they've got games that matter. They're, they've only got one SEC loss, so – They've still got Alabama. They still got Texas A and M. They still Ole got this Ole week. Miss this week. I mean, they they could factor in. So I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure how much of Daniel's performance was maybe him figuring something out. You know, people may remember at Arizona State he was fantastic. I know Dean, uh, Nate remembers him at Arizona State mm-hmm. because of an unfortunate yeah. night against Ooh. Oregon a few years ago. But he he has mm-hmm. a lot of talent, and if he figures it out with his arm. Uh, their defense isn't great, but it's it's good enough that they could beat somebody down the road and, and maybe not make it to Atlanta, but probably have something to say about who does. So, uh, right. so good on you, Jaden Daniels, and good luck. Uh, probation, I, I, I feel like I've probably put these guys on probation before, so maybe this is double secret probation for them. But Notre Dame, come on. <laughs> they lost at home 16-14 to 14 to a putrid – a putrid Stanford Wait, they team. Lost they lost to Stanford. Late tonight, yesterday, they lost. Oh my! They're goodness. three and three on the season. They're one and two at home. Stanford had only won one game so far this year before yesterday, and it was to a toothpaste. It was Colgate. That's the only game they had won. <laughs> Stanford lost four straight Pac-12 games, and they go into Notre Dame Stadium 
one of the most famous stadiums in all of college football, and they win a, a game 16-14. to 14. So, Notre Dame was preseason number five. I mean, Marcus Freeman seems like a really good guy. Seems, I mean, but th- this is ridiculous. They can't be this bad this soon. So, uh, double secret probation for Notre Dame. Yeah. Well, hey, let's not crap on Colgate. They're one in five. <laughs> <laughs> they did have a they did have a big win, big win against Maine. The Bears, twenty-one to eighteen. Against the Maine Bears. Can you think of anything like more like lame? It's like, oh, we're Maine. What's our thing? Just give it a bear. And let's Maine Bears. And that's more about Colgate than I've ever known. Ever. Right there. Four out of five I'm more of a crest kind of guy. Um, oral, oral B, baby. So, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna get a toothpaste sponsorship and that's gonna take us big um, <laughs> so my my uh my dean's list for this week is i'm gonna put ucf on the dean's list and here's why i know they i know they played temple okay i understand it was temple they had 12 possessions touchdown touchdown punt Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown. End of game. Holy crap. What was the score? 70 to 13. It was 70 to 13. (laughs) Nearly, nearly perfect. And and, and I understand that. You know, again, it was Temple. But also, you don't see that very often. You know, there, there are a lot of games we see where, you know, these power fives will play these group of fives or whatever, and they'll, you know, just slaughter them out. But, you know, they'll throw a punt or two here and there. They'll put some young guys in where they'll have some possessions. I mean, that was nearly a perfect game in terms of production. And Plumlee was responsible for seven of those touchdowns, whether he yeah. threw them or um, – So, again, against Temple, but UCF, you know, scoring on 10 of your 12 possessions with one punt – and the last possession, that was when they took a knee to end it. Um, so, UCF, I'm going to put you on Dean's list this week. Uh, and for my probation, this was a team that I was actually pretty high on. I've been bragging on. But Kansas, you're going on probation this week. Okay. <laughs> Kansas? Come on, man. Kansas. Listen, Kansas, you had Oklahoma who was like, I mean, they weren't even limping. And they were being like drug in on a gurney. Okay, like Mick Foley style, hell in a cell against Undertaker. And you had every chance to go ahead and just, you know, drive the nail in the coffin. Okay, Oklahoma was blank 49 nothing against Texas. Before that, they dropped TCU 55-24, and they got beat by Kansas State 41-34. And you give up 52 points and take the L. What are you doing? To their defense. I, I, their I defense. know it's a – Dylan okay, Gabriel okay. came back. Dylan Gabriel was back. Okay, I, I I understand that, but is Dylan Gabriel? I mean, if, if he is that quality of a player, where he can go, where where your team goes from forty nine nothing against Texas to then beating Kansas fifty two to forty two, that's fair. Then let's let's give him the Heisman now. That's that's true, right? Because that, that's like that. that's a good point. Like, let's not do that. Yeah, no, I I mean no. So, uh, Kansas. I loved you. I trusted you. But you're on probation now. And, and we'll send Jalen Daniels. 
Yeah. Joe Wilson. He's on he's on his is he is he coming back? Is he done, Jalen Daniels? Well they he like they reported he was out for the year. And then he came out on his Twitter and was like, This is the first I heard of that. And then he like Lance Leopold has talked about him being back and so I don't know. Jake Bean is a good name though. They're back at quarterback. When he, I mean, they scored forty-two on the road at yeah. Oklahoma. I mean, they lost for you know for sure, but like uh, defensively, I, I, they definitely let down. But I mean, yeah, Beanie, Beanie would play good. They'll probably yeah. win a few games scoring forty-two on the road. So I mean, I'm not touching that. Anybody want to? No, no, I'm, okay. I'm just, I'm just right. going to give it we'll back. Just keep, we'll just keep rolling. All right. Anyways, thank you, Nate, for. Another great academic probation and Dean's List segment. And thank you to those that have tuned in. Thank you to those that are going to tune in. Make sure you uh, give this a listen. Give us the likes on all the social media outlets. There's too many to mention at this point. Um, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Armchair Banter. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for the night. Guys, another great show. This has been another episode of Fourth and Wrong. Everyone have a great night. Uh-huh.